Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. And before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind-the-scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Who Would Win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Day turns to night in Mega City. As the metropolitan area heads off to second sleep. One figure does not abide, however, as the trench coat enrobed Neo heads deep into the center of town with a mission all his own. His attention is taken for a moment, however, by bright and colorful lights emanating from a nearby alleyway. Stopping to investigate, Neo feels heat from where no heat should be coming. It is then that the lights all go out and a swirling mist fills the alley. A lone figure wearing one bladed glove appears in shadow. You think you're the master of this world? But this world is mine, big boy, shouts the figure as Freddy Krueger makes himself only partially visible. Neo takes on a kung fu stance gives a come-here gesture, and this fight is about to go off the walls. It's Dream Warrior versus Red Pill. It's the Springwood Slasher versus the Chosen One. It's Freddy Krueger versus Neo today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters in the worlds of comics, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavs, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ray Stacanus. So, Who Would Win Shocktober, brought to you by AMC Shutter, of course, continues with another matchup so insane that only the minds behind the Who Would Win team could come up with it. In one corner, you have Freddy Krueger, one of horror's ultimate icons, versus Neo, one of sci-fi's ultimate heroes that makes everything wonder and everyone wonder i should say if we're all actually just living in the matrix as usual i did the patented who would win google test just to see how many times this match has been discussed and lo and behold it has been debated quite a bit which means it's time these two characters got the who would win treatment to settle this fight once and for all ray what are your thoughts on today's i of course am very excited about today's Matchup. These are two characters we've been looking at forever. They get to, they get suggested all the time. They get requested all the time. But like, how do you fight two people who can't exist in the real world? Really, right? 
And so we came up with this beautiful notion to end Shocktober with two heavy hitters. What happens when a guy whose brain is implanted into a giant computer simulation meets head-to-head with somebody who attacks you in your dreams? I can see why this has been discussed quite a bit. It makes a lot of sense. It really does. You know, we've been putting together some insane matchups and getting a lot of rave reviews, especially great reviews for the podcast and the show overall. And, you know, our fan base has been growing by leaps and bounds on a weekly basis. Our legion of audience has never been bigger or more vocal. By the way, love that name still. And as a result, we've been getting a lot of great reviews, right? So sometimes, once in a while, we even get some really cool reviews that offer some constructive criticism. So I want to go ahead and read one of the reviews to us today, Ray. It's It's a really cool five-star review from someone who calls himself anime slash fantasy slash marvel geek right so i'm going to try to read this in their voice the subject line is it's amazing but Uh dot 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 oh yeah here we go they do pronounce some of the names incorrectly that's all in it's all in caps by the way like the naruto versus omni-man episode they kept pronouncing naruto's name completely wrong Watch the freaking anime to know how to pronounce the freaking names. But other than that, it is amazing. I love it. Followed by a happy face with two hearts for eyes. Followed by another happy face with two hearts from eyes. That's pretty cool. Ray, what do you have to say about you know the pronunciation of names that you and I you know sometimes Look, have to muddle That through? is pure nonsense. I don't care what he says about Naruto <laughs> versus Omni-Man. I think that we pronounced all of it absolutely perfectly. Look, at the end of the day. When you've learned these characters and you've been watching these characters, especially through the printed media, for decades and decades before anybody else has even heard of them or they become at all popular, it's not hard to explain why you would learn it incorrectly, why you would pronounce it a different way than the normies would, and unlearning something for an hour-long presentation when you've been saying it naturally one way for decades is very, very difficult. Look, it took two years for y'all to get me to say Thanos instead of Thanos. <laughs> and I'm, you know what? I'm fine with that at the, as of this point. Now, if you don't like it, when I call it manga, then you shouldn't have been around two decades ago calling it manga because I've known it as manga for a long, long time. And now you manga folks out there want to think I'm going oh, to yeah. change my American ways when presented with criticism. What are you out of your minds? Look, his name is Lupin the third. But you gotta excuse me if I don't refer to him the Japanese way as Lupin Sensei. Because yes, that is officially the correct way to say it, but that's not the American Ray way to say it. And I speak American Ray. Look, even if it's not American, right? Here's the thing. Lupin is, uh, you know, people say, oh, it's gotta be Lupin. By the way, the French term is Lupin. Yeah. Right? Uh, the, The Canadian way which, by the way, is uh, the Queen's English for, uh, you know, that other character is um, Naruto. How do you like how that? About uh, that? Goku. How about that? Goku. The first time I watched Dragon Ball Z was off, I believe it was Univision. Sure. Uh, and uh, the first line I heard was, uh, keep us all, Goku. Oh, James. So, I mean, there's, Don't you mean right, Univision? It could have been, or Telemundo, or what have you. It's, it's all great television. And what I'm trying to say, Ray is you can pronounce it the American way, the Spanish way, the Canadian way. Here's the deal. Just keep pronouncing it, and we're going to keep doing what we do. Look, the bottom line is that you've got to be a genius to be able to nail these terms correctly the right way. I'm not saying you're not a genius. I'm not saying I'm not a genius. What I am saying is we are both geniuses, and however we pronounce it, that's the right way to say it. There Darn I said Darn right, it. Now, James Gavsey, and that's the one time you'll hear me say that all <laughs> year long. That's, you know, 
It's, uh, it's good to be American. Now, here's the deal. Speaking of geniuses, making their first appearance ever on the Who Would Win show, it's the voice of Gorilla Grodd on CW's The Flash. It's Drax on Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy on Disney+, and Volibear in League of Legends. It's the one and only, it's David Sobolov. David, welcome to Who Would Win. Hello. <laughs> that voice, that voice, David, you know, we're talking for the show. Are you, in fact, seven foot nine? I'm nine foot seven, actually. <laughs> wow. I knew it. I knew it. It's like Andre the Giant would have to look up to you, correct? He's so far below me. I don't even, I don't even know what his, you know, I know what the top of his head looks like. I saw it. <laughs> wow. That is crazy. Okay, David, listen, Ray and I are like insanely hyped that you're on the show. We're huge fans of yours. You've been in so many great shows, so many video games. I have a question for you because, yeah. you know, my running joke is it's sometimes it's easier to say what you haven't been on. I don't believe you've been on an episode of The Golden Girls. No. I don't believe you've ever done uh, The Gilmore Girls, but I'm not saying no to that. Give us your top three things that you've done, your top three favorite things. I love all my children equally. However... Um, there was, there was a show called Kaijudo that no one saw. And if anyone out there saw it, please write in. Um, it was one of my favorite things in the world. I love that so much. A RoboCop back in the nineties. Love it. Heck yes. If anyone, Heck anyone yes. remembers that. And oh, Grodd, I remember. I'm a big fan. We actually did episodes of RoboCop for my other show, Knowing is Half the Podcast. And it is just an absolute delight to, to one, be a fa- being from Detroit, RoboCop, obviously I'm a big fan of his. And then to see the animated portrayal. I'll just say the voice of RoboCop was excellent. Thank you. David, what is your geek cred or your your geek pedigree? You know what I mean? You, you've done so much. I mean, how familiar are you with both Neo and Freddy Krueger? I'm going to shock everyone because I've never seen The Matrix. Wow. What? I know. I know. I have mean to see it. I know Freddy better than Neo, but you'll educate me. Okay, is there a reason? I'm a why? horrible. I'm a horrible <laughs> nerd. I'm a horrible geek. Well, he, the whole way I approach my work, I'm doing a lot of DC and Marvel characters and things that existed decades ago. And I was never really a big geek fan when I was a kid. I was more like into Bugs Bunny and stuff. So all Mel Blanc stuff back in the day. Sure. As I got older, and never into comic books, but as I got older, I started playing these parts. It makes me a better actor if I don't go back and, and find out what any of this stuff is and if I just yep. live in the moment with these things. Now, not that I don't watch any pop culture. Of course I do. But I'm kind of a bad geek, bad nerd because I give you nerd stuff, content, but I can't really talk about it much because I kind of I focus so much on the acting part. I'll be very neutral today. Does that make you a lot easier at the conventions to sort of deal with all the questions that you get? Because you can just legitimately say, I don't know. No, I see. Look, that's a great question. Great question for the writers. Oh, smart. Yeah. yeah. No, and, and you guys, you know, you know this stuff like the back of your hand. And I, my job is to make you feel like Grodd is real. Mm-hmm. You know, and all the, all the puns I could say, you know, Grodd is good and all that stuff. Ah. But it isn't That's really right. it isn't doesn't really inform my acting to find out his complete canon back to the comic books. Fair. Although that's cool and that's interesting, I concentrate on other things to to make the thing come alive for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that that is interesting. And what's cool too is that, you know, you love Bugs Bunny and all that stuff from Mel Blanc back in the day. I don't know if you could have two different characters <laughs> really on either side of the same coin where Bugs Bunny could kind of travel within each world and be the exact same character he is, mm-hmm. whether it's in Freddy Krueger's Nightmares or in The Matrix for Neo. So I think we're going to be kind of speaking to your strength in this matchup. Okay. So, all right. 
We've got everything we need for another insane matchup. We've got Ray repping Freddy Krueger. I'm repping Neo. We've got an insanely great judge. It is time to get this on. So with all that being said, Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing horror cinema, the slasher who gives new meaning to man of my dreams, Freddy Krueger. And representing the Matrix trilogy, the hero who lives in the Matrix, but I hope someday will leave his Toyota and get an apartment, Neo. All right, well done right now. Before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a Who Would Win match. Rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the Who Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality, and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Okay, so Ray, I believe there's some variations that are going on with Freddy Krueger over the years. What version are you going to be using? You know, I'm sticking with sort of the canon Freddy Krueger as the Robert English version that appears in I believe six Nightmare on Elm Street movies and then Freddy versus Jason I'm sticking away from the new Nightmare Freddy Krueger where he's an ancient spirit it's an awesome movie don't get me wrong uh, it just doesn't feel right for this battle so I'm sticking away from that one very cool. I'll be staying within the confines of the Matrix trilogy uh, for Neo as well. All right, rule number four. Debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but will be given less weight. Rule number five. The winner of the debate is whomever the judge decides has the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal. And finally, rule number six. The judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. Feel free to check out the official rules on our website, whowouldwinshow.com. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Who Would Win store. Get your official Who Would Win t-shirts, mugs, and merchandise by going to whowouldwinshow.com and clicking on the merch section. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force, and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Look, as guys, so much of our personal identity is wrapped up in our hair. From how it feels after getting a great haircut, to the way we style it before going out. And that's why when we get into our 20s and 30s and start noticing the first signs of hair loss, 
it definitely feels like panic time because let's face it, no guy is ever ready to go bald. Thankfully, now there's Keeps, the simple and easy way to keep your hair. And in the olden days of yore, you had to go to a doctor to get a prescription. But now, with Keeps, you can do all that online and get the hair loss medication delivered right to your front door every three months. No more waiting at the doctor's office. No more waiting at the pharmacy. So find out why Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors and why more than 100,000 men trust Keeps for their hair loss prevention medication. Keeps treatments start at, wow, just $10 a month. Plus, for a limited time, you can get your first month free. Look, there's only two FDA-approved products out there to combat hair loss. Heck, you might have even tried them before, but you've never tried them with this convenience and at this price. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash win to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash win. And now let's get to the tail of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details on Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger is a nightmare stalking killer who invades the dreams of teenagers and then kills them resulting in real-world death. He was created by Wes Craven and was played most famously by Robert England. Freddy first appeared in the 1984 movie A Nightmare on Elm Street. Freddy Krueger was not a good person. He murdered more than 20 children in the sleepy Ohio suburb where he lived, and despite being caught, was set free on a technicality due to police incompetence. This didn't sit well with the parents of the murdered kids, however, so they formed a mob and performed some vigilante justice, capturing Freddy and burning him to death. But that was not the end, for Freddy returned as an intangible dream monster, hell-bent on menacing and murdering the teenagers of Elm Street. Fun fact, in the pantheon of horror slashers out there in the world, Freddy Krueger has one thing over all the rest. Freddy was in a rap song with Will Smith. Yes, a young Will Smith, a.k.a. the Fresh Prince, wrote and produced a song for Nightmare on Elm Street 4 called Nightmare on My Street, which featured Robert England rapping on the track. New Line Cinema didn't love the goofiness of the song, though, and allowed its release as long as it came with a clear disclaimer that it had nothing to do with the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, which is kind of weird because, you know... Freddy Krueger raps on the track. Anyway, that is Freddy Krueger. This makes no sense to me because in a previous battle, we had Michael Myers being, you know, uh, fought by uh, Buster Rhymes and one of the classic moments of uh, the Halloween, classic. you know, film series. Right. Absolutely classic. I could absolutely see Will Smith uh, taking on and then taking out Freddy Krueger. I think they missed a huge opportunity. I mean, to be fair, in the song, he takes out DJ Jazzy Jeff and says, I'm the DJ now. So, you know, it, we don't know what happened. It doesn't really leave you with any conclusion. What kind of motivation would you need? What more motivation would you need if your best friend, DJ Jazzy Jeff, is taken out? You want, I mean, this story writes itself. Look, for vengeance for DJ Jazzy Jeff has fueled many, many a vigilante mission. Uh, uh, so true, so true. All right, here are the details for Neo. Neo, born Thomas Anderson, is the main hero of the Matrix franchise and first appeared in the film The Matrix back in 1999, which was written by the Wachowskis. 
Neo is a form of blue pill, meaning a human that was not aware of the true nature of the Matrix, whose body and mind remain semi-permanently connected to the power plant, which used humans as batteries for the machine empire. After being rescued by Morpheus, Neo took the red pill, which made him aware of the true nature of the Matrix, where he then joined together with the crew of the Nebuchadnezzar as part of a bigger rebellion. As a red pill, Neo was prophesied by the Oracle to be the one and was set on a course to free humanity from the Matrix and to ultimately end the centuries-long machine war. And here's an interesting fact about the Matrix. Did you know that there are quite a few people who turned down significant roles in the original Matrix movie and now all of them regret it? It's true. So we all know how Will Smith... Oh. Speaking of which, turn down, right, turn down the role of Neo so that he can instead film the epic masterpiece known as the Wild Wild West. Okay, which good was, choice, better movie. Yeah, that was a great movie. I think I believe that did dozens of dollars at the box office. Got my money. Um, however, there were others who were considered for the role, such as Tom Cruise, Johnny Depp, Leonardo DiCaprio, and my personal favorite, Nicolas Cage. Oh boy, that would have been great, right? You can't deny it. That would have been better. insane. But it doesn't stop there. For the role of Morpheus, played by the brilliant Lawrence Fishburne, of course, there were also other actors considered for the part, such as Russell Crowe, Sean Connery, who turned it down because he said he couldn't understand the script. Yeah. And uh, to no one's surprise, of course, this person was also considered Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, sure. Yeah. Why not? And now you have the facts on both opponents. David, do you have any questions before we get started? Okay. Because I haven't seen The Matrix, I do have one. So yes. this will be funny for people that know it really well. So he took the red pill, so he understands the truth of what's yes. really going on. He's still connected somewhere. Does that connection make him vulnerable? I'm going to get into uh, that. It's an interesting question. There's a lot to that. That connection also makes him insanely powerful. Ah. Uh, and in, in the later movies, which we'll get to, that connection, that, that actually literal hardwired connection doesn't even need to exist anymore and he can go in and out of the matrix from the real world as he pleases because that's how powerful he becomes and to be equal i'll ask a freddy krueger question as well sure. he's a killer that invades dreams oh he, he invades kids dreams and then he kills them does give me a percentage how many times does he make the kids kill themselves very very few i believe that is something that has happened at one point during the lore because people didn't want to deal with it anymore but typically what he does to you in the dreams manifests in real life. But that's really what my entire point number one is about. So I can go into more detail in just a moment. All right. I, I really like the nature of both questions. The first one was, hey, so is Neil connected to the Matrix? And is that you know possibly a weakness? And I'm like, cool. And the other one's, hey, has he ever caused kids to uh, self-kill themselves? Yeah, that's uh, it's AMC Shutter presents Shocktober, James. This is where we're at. This is what we're doing. And by the way, good job, finally. Four episodes in, getting the name right. I was just so afraid of every movie. Like every movie I've seen on Shudder has like scared me to the core. Terrifying. That even just saying Shudder, it, it just frightens me. So I'm finally over it, I think. But we'll see. Sure. All right, Ray, let's get this party started. Go ahead and hit us with your point number one. Point number one for Freddy Krueger. It's just called Dream Warrior because this is the real way that Freddy Krueger is known to get people. He goes into their dreams as an ethereal spirit. And he controls the dreams, he controls everything about it, and what he does to you in the dreams, as I said before, manifests itself in real life. So he causes you damage and wounds that will then happen in the real world. Now, both of these characters, Neo and Freddy, live in a subconscious state. And I would make the argument that while Neo controls himself to a very high level with all of the controlling of his own personal reality... Freddy Krueger, in his subconscious state, controls everything. 
He controls the entire world. He manifests things, whether they be for terror or comedy or whatever he's feeling in the moment. He controls the world. Neo controls himself. And at the end of the day, the world wants to get you. The world is going to get you. So let's talk about some of the things he's done in dreams. Now, they do manipulate the real world, which means at one point, stabbed. He did some stabbing in the uh, dream state, and the person woke up with stab wounds, right? That's pretty normal. In Freddy versus Jason, he carved a message onto a person's body in the actual dream state, and then that message appeared in the real world for people to see and then be terrified of. At one point, he used electricity to electrocute somebody in their dreams, and there was a huge power surge fluctuation that happened in the general area of where that person was sleeping. Heck, one time, he created a noose and he was like strangling somebody in their dreams when the bed sheets on the bed of the person manipulated and became a noose themselves, hung that person, and that person flew in the air defying real physics and then was like rolling around on the ceiling and being strangled by the bed sheets. Heck, at one point, somebody in a Freddy dream, when he fell asleep and was sleepwalking at a police station, and he's walking upstairs in his dream, so what happens in real life? He starts walking up the air. There was nothing there. So Freddy is not limited by the actual rules of physics. He is a magical creature. At one point, uh, he had Jason from Friday the 13th, right? Freddy versus Jason. Jason is a indestructible psycho killer, murders everybody, can't die. Well, Freddy got him in a dream and Freddy handed his butt to him real, real hard. Just beat him up, took his own weapon from him, Flung him across the room. And this is, you want to talk about an indomitable spirit. You got to say Jason has it. And Freddy absolutely dismantled him when he had him in the dream state. In fact, the rules of the world of the dreams don't even matter. Somebody like closed a door on Freddy or threw him in a jail cell. Freddy just turned and bit through chains he was tied up in. He bit through iron bars like they were licorice, like they were Twizzlers. He just turned his head, bit through it, and just started laughing because he's in control when he's in the dreams. He has full durability. He'll hurt himself for fun. At one point, he cut open his own chest and allow, allow people to hit him and take damage so that he can make them think they have a chance, and then he'll just turn and laugh at them, creating even more terror. So when in this subconscious dream state, Freddy is the master, Neo is just the student. And that's my point number one. Wow. Okay, quick question. Um, in this dream state, in, in all the movies, has Freddy ever been hurt? Allegedly. I mean, that's the thing is you can hit him as much as you would like to, and then he just shakes it off a moment later. If anything, it's you can push him back through some sort of a damage maybe he wasn't prepared for, but he recovers very, very quickly when in the dream state and often will just disappear because that's also more terrifying. Got it. So he has been hurt. And the reason why I'm saying that is because he's been killed or at least dispatched while in that dream state. Is that correct? Yeah, he had a whole sequence in there with like, I think his own kid who found some like mystical way to take him out while in the dream state. And it and it worked. But I mean, it, he didn't stay down for very long, of course. Well, of course, he comes back for the next movie, but, you know, the who would win rules are, we talked about this, the Michael Myers versus the Predator matchup, the the victor has to be able to, you know, incapacitate their opponent for two minutes where they can stand over them for two minutes and their opponent's not going to do anything and then they can safely it's walk true. away after that two but minutes, right? How okay. do you knock Freddy down in a dream? Like, where do you go? You're in a dream state. 
Well, it's interesting because there have been people within the the dream state that have gotten the better of Freddy, that have actually dispatched Freddy. I'm not going to say he hasn't actually handled some people easily, but at the same time, he has been handled himself. More on that later. Okay, so Freddy's an extremely powerful person in that dream state. I get it. He's actually a really interesting character in that regard, but let's kind of move on to Neo. And let me kind of talk from my point number one about his power. So Neo has some type of psionic access to the Matrix source codes. The Matrix is this very large comprehensive computer program that people are attached to through you know the machine overlords so that while they're literally in a dreamlike state themselves or in some type of stasis their conscious mind is awake but living this life that they have no idea that you know they're they're resting outside of it but they're living what they think is a regular day-to-day life within this program now neo is a little bit different because once he takes that red pill he can access the program and kind of bend it to its will does this sound familiar in a way that almost no one else can do and again it's that psionic access to the the source code and that's the source code is known as the prime program so this access gives them the ability in, in you know the the uh, matrix wiki to freely manipulate the simulate simulated reality of the matrix which also allows him to manifest some pretty cool superpowers so let's talk about that so neo has super strength where he can punch through solid objects take out chunks of solid walls he punches agents now agents are like the powerful evil guardians of the matrix that run around and kind of take out anyone who's kind of causing some disruption and uh, neo can easily take out these agents and destroy them easily uh, he can punch them kick them send them dozens of yards away he can easily rip concrete straight from the ground uh, and the cool part is that he can make himself stronger if he has to i'd say he can lift somewhere between 50 to 70 tons at least he's got super for speed uh you know we've seen this that, that and I, I know you haven't seen the movies uh david but we all know that iconic scene where neo before he even goes full full neo and he's accessing the matrix a little bit and seeing what he can do he's dodging bullets by leaning back and you see the bullets kind of go past him and what have you he can sometimes move so fast that people can't really see he leaves a blur he can fly and by the way he can fly at speeds of over mach 10 which is over 7600 miles per hour two miles per second he's so fast that when he flies of course there's a sonic booms he pulls clouds and even cars with them in the wake of his flight uh, he's super durable he gets slammed from great heights he gets shot by these agents who talked about tanks, explosions, and can take inhuman amounts of punishment. This is my favorite, though. He's got telekinesis, so he can manipulate the physics and the fabric of reality within the Matrix. So any bullet or explosive aimed at Neo's way inside the Matrix release can be repelled by his ability to, and I quote, deny reality. And this is seen once where he's taking on this character named Agent Smith, super powerful person. Bullets are being shot at him, and Neo just looks at the bullets and says, No. And the bullets stop midair. He's got this matrix vision where he can see everything happening in the matrix as source code. Like it's green code that's going down horizontally or uh, vertically. It's really cool. He's got phasing because he can see the code. He can actually put his hand through the code or what looks like solid objects. He can go into people. He can inhabit people. He can start people's hearts that were stopped and bring them back to life. And finally, he's got some type of precognition and awareness because he's so in tune with the matrix and the software that anything that happens in that software, he gets alerted to. It's kind of like a mini version of Spider-Man's Spider-Man. Sense. Look, put all of that together, and that's what you've got with Neo as your base point. That's my point number one. Enjoyed some of those points. Some of those action sequences in the Matrix are pretty excellent. I do want to go back one moment when you talk about people who got over on Freddy in the dreams. That was, of course, with massive amounts of prior knowledge. That was with a big plan that they had cooked, spent an entire movie 
cooking up in order to finally get at him after he took out five, six, 18 of their friends along the way. That is not something Neo is going to have the benefit of given the rules of this who would win match. And you talk about the access codes. Yes, he's like the system administrator in this video game, you know, in this, in this alternate reality, which is great, but we're attacking him in a dream state, not necessarily in the matrix state. So is he going to have the ability to do all of those controls that he's used to doing it a certain way inside the computer? Look, he could be really, really good at playing World of Warcraft, but that doesn't mean he's necessarily going to get into a fight when he walks away from his computer screen, for example. And you talk about those agents. Defeating the agents is fine. You know, we they're all the Red Skull. We know this. But really what those agents are <laughs> is Norton antivirus. And if I've learned one thing working with computers my whole life is anybody can get around Norton antivirus anytime they want to. And the second thing is delete your browsing history. For, Every okay, so, five minutes. That's right. Okay. Interesting points and good counterpoints. The reality is all we know within a who and win battle is that both opponents are kind of bringing their A game. Anything they can do in their respective worlds, they can now do in the who would win battle. So maybe he's in a dream state. Maybe it's the matrix that's imitating a dream. Who knows? It's a matrix within a dream. All great stuff. So, David, you've heard points number one from both Ray and myself. Where's your head at right now with this battle? Well, I have to ask questions of each of you if that's okay. Sure. Feel free. Or I'm allowed. Okay, so. Can Neo access the Matrix while he's asleep? There is evidence to show that he can, where he's not awake and he's able to actually somehow be consciously aware that he's going into the Matrix and coming out. So there is evidence to say yes. But there's a lot more evidence to say no, because he is kept in a coma-like state in order to be in the Matrix, at least his real body. That's so true, he... which could be a dreamlike state on its own. Yeah, I'm kind of buying that argument. I that. If, if he has any sort of use of the Matrix while he's asleep, and if you could say coma, being in a coma, is being asleep, then round one goes to Neo. Wow. Okay, interesting. Interesting. Now, just to let you know, David, that, you know, Ray's been on a really great winning streak as of late. And, uh, you know, some... What do you mean as well, of Well, you know, last I've couple, lost two couple in a row weeks, but listen... This one. I know, but then you've won a whole bunch of more in an impressive fashion, mind you. And it's it's funny because I've, I've been here before where like, okay, my character's ahead, decisively ahead in point number one, and then things just fall apart. So I'm not kind of taking this too lightly, Ray. More I'm hoping I'm ready for you. stuff coming. I, I, I'm counting on it. Go ahead and hit us with your point number two. Point number two for Freddy Krueger. And, and one thing that I'm going to add to my point number one with the time I have here is you talked about the Matrix State. Well, as I said before, Freddy attacks you in real life with stuff that happens. We all know that the actual body of Neo is in a pod somewhere tied up with a bunch of tubes. So what's stopping Freddy from manipulating those tubes, unplugging them, and strangling his real body with them where he doesn't have use of the Matrix? But going forward, Freddy's a very violent and very ferocious character. He will find your fear, and he will feed off of your fear growing even stronger. At one point, Jason Voorhees, I'm going to keep going back to it, he poked his claw into Jason's head. And he did that to find out his deepest, darkest fear, which you figure Jason Voorhees doesn't have one. No, he has a fear of water because at one point he had been drowned in a lake. So Freddy used that to his advantage and psychologically annihilated Jason in the dream state by drenching him in water, putting him in the sewer, and really just handling him right there. So Freddy, when faced with Neo, could find a deep, dark, I don't know what that is for Neo, but Freddy would find out and deeply, powerfully, 
use it against him. Like he tortures and he murders. He has the ability to keep people in dreams, but if he doesn't like where it's going, he has the full ability to kick them out of the dreams. If he can kick someone out of the dreams, what's stopping Freddy Krueger from kicking Neo out of this coma-like state and back into his pod with all the tubes sticking out of him where he's even more vulnerable? Yes, I absolutely feel that way. And when he gets bored of you, he kills you. He's very into torturing you. He's very into making you be scared. Neo, not a character who's normally very scared, maybe when Freddy finds that one thing he's afraid of. So I have a feeling Freddy's not going to mess around with Neo when he gets that blank painted face on a cardboard uh, box look from from Neo. He's just going to go straight to the murdering. He's not going to play around with this one. Did I mention that Freddy Krueger can possess mortals? Yes, Freddy Krueger can possess human beings. So at the end of the day, if things aren't working out for whatever bizarre reason, if he gets knocked around a little bit where he can come back very, very quickly, he could just possess Neo take over his body and walk him off the battlefield or get him to kill himself. That's just the reality of it because what he does is called reality warping. You brought up Bugs Bunny before. Bugs Bunny is a very powerful character. Why? Because he warps the reality around him to fit his own needs. And Freddy can do that both in the dream state but also in the real world state as well. People climbing stairs on air can't happen. That's Bugs Bunny stuff. Freddy Krueger is as powerful as Bugs Bunny in some regards. A few things that he's done creatively in the dreams to really get people was uh, uh, create a hole under a person who was falling down steps and removing them from the battlefield by just dropping them through a hole. Again, nothing stopping him from closing a, getting a hole, dropping Neo in it, closing it up afterwards. Neo's not going to be able to come back. Heck, one time he just made the floor out of tar so the person couldn't move anymore. In fact, one time a guy was in a dream state, he hit him with a bus and then used the dream to then have him riding on the bus after he hit it, got hit by it, so that he could just mess with him some more. And the other move that Freddy likes to do is pretend to be other people. He can disguise and obfuscate himself to look like Mask of a Thousand Faces, anybody else he wants. So if he gets into Neo's brain and finds out about Morpheus, Trinity, the whole crew, that's psychological damage he's going to be bringing to bear. Neo won't know what hit him as he's getting hit 20 ways to Sunday. And that's my point number two. Okay, some interesting stuff here. I think the most interesting fact you brought up was that Freddy likes to ride on buses. Is that correct? Yeah, he'll drive them. He'll drive he'll them. He'll drive them. I mean, right who wouldn't want to drive a bus? But they're fun. So in terms of, you know, Freddy does have a great, a great ability to disguise himself. Luckily, Neo can identify people not just by visually seeing who they are and seeing what their face looks like, but he can also read the source code of the Matrix and kind of get the signature of someone. He can tell what's up and what's going on, literally reading the code that inhabits the person as they walk around. Disguising himself as something, he's going to be like, wait, the code's really kind of jumpy around him. Something's off. He's going to recognize that something really different about this character probably be able to read the power signature let's talk about being possessed now the only time neo is possessed because normally people try to you know agent smith this powerful villain who's like super powerful whatever tried to possess neo at the beginning of one of the films and neo literally just repelled him just used his will and repelled it completely the only time he got possessed was at the end of the last movie when he actually allowed it to happen because it was part of the plan to lure the person who was possessing him into his body then he used the power 
power of the Matrix to destroy him and all the clones he had. Anyway, he did it to save the day. What is Neo afraid of? There's actually not too much. There's a couple things we're going to bring up later, but that stuff he's afraid of is actually just going to make him more like, I'm afraid of letting down someone. That's not really going to do too much because as we saw in the films, he uses that to empower himself in a big way. See, I actually believe, James, that he would deep down be afraid of how vulnerable he is in that pod because if the robots wanted to go in and just stab him to death, they absolutely could. If only he had a way, Ray, if only he had a way to defend himself in the real world against robots, you know, so that he wouldn't be so vulnerable. I just I just wish there was a it's way. It's tough I mean, when you can't see them or know they're coming because you're in this Matrix world. Just I saying. know. I just I just it's just I just wish I had something to it's talk a about. Pity that that Maybe you I will. Don't. Maybe it's, I will. It's just Who really knows? a shame. Who knows how these things work? All right, let's go to my point number two. Let's just talk about the big wins for Neo and the uh, really fun big losses for Freddy Krueger. Look, both of these characters have impressive wins over very impressive opponents. And by both of these characters, I only mean Neo. And by impressive wins, again, I'm only really referencing Neo. So let me, let me, let's do a fun comparison between victories and losses for these two characters. In the first Matrix movie, Neo emerges victorious over the super powerful agents. He revives himself from death fully acknowledges his ability to tap into the Matrix, thereby revealing his true, almost like godlike power, where he then blows apart the most powerful agent, Agent Smith, literally the most powerful being in the whole film, and then he kind of assumes the role of the one, and that's the end of the first movie. Versus, in the original Nightmare on Elm Street, a teenager by the name of Nancy defeats Freddy Krueger by pulling him into the real world, turning her back on him, calling him some not very nice names, and walking away from him, thereby taking away his power, which somehow leads to his destruction. Name calling versus, hey, I'm like the godlike being the one. Those are both equally impressive, right? Okay, let's go keep going. In The Matrix Reloaded, a Superman-like powered Neo is taking on a group of equally or very superpowered beings armed with what looks like an array of machine guns with unlimited bullets, weapons that are flying around. And, and two of these beings have like an ability to turn to ghost-like rays and kind of start screwing up everybody. You know, that's what he was taking on and then actually overcame as well. Versus in A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge, Freddy continues his killing spree by possessing a teenage boy named Jesse, but is then somehow, somehow defeated by, wait for it, the power of love. With Jesse's love for his girlfriend, Lisa, driving Freddy out of the body, leading to his destruction. Again, somewhat similar in impressiveness, right? Absolutely not. One last one, The Matrix Revolutions. This is the last movie in the trilogy. Neo defeats the rogue agent Smith, who is now the supreme being and able to destroy both the Matrix and the real world. And in defeating Agent Smith, negotiates a peace between the machine empire and humanity, stopping a many centuries long war. Pretty freakishly impressive. Not to be outdone, in A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, the Dream Master... Freddy is killed off when Alice, the hero of the film, does the unimaginable by reciting a nursery rhyme and making Freddy look at himself in the mirror, which causes him to die. Something I believe that happens to you, Ray Stacanus, on the inside on a daily basis when you look in the mirror. See, in one corner, you have Freddy who's taken out both the dream world and the real world by teenagers and other regular people. In the other corner, you have Neo, who is above Superman in the Matrix, literally in terms of power, has more fighting knowledge than any special forces soldier and Bruce Lee combined because he can have it downloaded directly into his brain. And he's taken on to be the scariest, most powerful beings in his world to have to offer. Stop to war and is, by the way, the literal chosen one. That's who we're debating here. Put all that together, and you can see why Neo is clearly the more impressive one ready for this battle. He's coming out the winner. That's my point number two. Freddy has been defeated in some weird ways at the end of his movies because you can't just fight Freddy head-to-head. If you try to attack him head-on, which, by the way, is exactly what Neo would try to do, you will get curb-stomped. You will get run over. 
in each of these cases, you talk about these, like the nursery rhyme and what have you. Well, that's an entire group of people working together to like look through old books and try to like figure out the history of his murders and trying to find the one mystical way that they can defeat him. They take an entire movie where, again, many of them get murdered along the way. In fact, I would argue most of them get murdered along the way until our hero figures it out, puts it together, and then then defeats him with a nursery rhyme because she found it, you know, in an ancient uh, clipping of a newspaper or whatever the heck's going on. Or they're just trying something that just happens to work. Neo's going to be coming head to head. Neo's going to be using his Matrix powers that are just not going to work because Freddy's as big a reality warper as Neo is, I would argue, so much bigger. But I'm also, James, I'm sorry, not playing fair in this match. We talked about not playing fair a couple of matches ago in, in one of your victories. I'm not playing fair today because at the end of the day, if Neo is in the real world, that means that he's vulnerable and that's where Freddy's going to get him. Freddy's not going to necessarily go into the Matrix to get him. He's going to be coming a lot more nasty. All right. So that's definitely, you know, something we've got to consider for, you know, where's this battle taking place? Is it in the equal dream world matrix kind of state where both people are at their peak power? Or is it in the real world where both of them, you know, aren't quite nearly as powerful as they would be in the dream state? By the way, a couple of things. Again, Freddie's been defeated by name calling. Uh, Neil's known to used bad words before. And um, also The Power of Love, which I believe was a great Huey Lewis song from uh, song. from the soundtrack of Back to the Future. He also has The Power of Love for his you know soulmate, Trinity. Two things, oddly enough, that have defeated Freddy Krueger that Neil will have in huge amounts. Oh, all yeah. Right. You remember when Neo's in that battle with all, of the, uh, with all of the red skulls and he's suddenly just like, guys, everybody stop. I love Trinity. And then they all just stop. James, that is not a thing that happens. That is a bad example. That's true. Luckily, he wasn't. He was fighting someone actually like like worthy. Uh, these agents, not someone like Freddy Krueger. All right, now we're at the turning point, David. This is where you take both points made by both Ray and myself. You tell us who is ahead in this battle and what does the other side have to do to pull out the victory. Well, I need to ask a few questions before I can answer that. Sure. If you aren't afraid of Freddy. He can't hurt you, true or false? True. No, that's not true, because there are plenty of people that uh, he could absolutely go and kill. We, we, we've seen it over and over again. Well, here's the thing. It's it, it, This is an interesting question, because according to Laura, and I'm going to get into my point number three, if you're not afraid of Freddy, the, he has no power over you. That's part of his lore, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of depending on where you're going, where you're dealing, who you're dealing with. Okay, then can um, can Freddy revive himself from death? I think you said he could, yes? Yeah, definitely. In the dream state especially, unless some very specific circumstances go down, absolutely. And and even, and I'll get to this point in my point number three, even in the real world, he'll, he doesn't die. Well, the, he doesn't come back right away if he's dispatched, right? It takes him a while to come back. Depends on the situation. I'm going to get into that. Does the Matrix protect Neo? He's got an elevated amount of power and durability. So within the Matrix, because of how we can access it and how we can access reality within it, he is very much heavily protected with power, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Does, does the Matrix protect Neo in, even when he's not in it? He can't. I'm going to get to my point number three. He can access certain abilities that he's either developed from having access to the Matrix or he can pull some of those abilities from the Matrix into the real world. He's nowhere near as powerful. I'll give you that. But he's definitely not powerless. And when he's in the real world, he doesn't forget about the Matrix. It doesn't disappear in his brain. He's still aware of everything that's happened, right? Correct. 
Okay. Can he access the Matrix in an instant when he's in the real world? In the later movies, he's no longer physically attached to the Matrix. Yes. Okay. But what does that do to his body in the real world, James? I'll ask this question. If he goes into the Matrix, what happens to his regular real world body? Does it just sort of fall over? He's got it. Yeah, here's the thing. The one vulnerability he does have is that if he does connect to the Matrix, then his body goes into like a stasis. There you go. That's what I've been talking about. Okay. Um, Neo's still ahead. It's fine. Interesting. He has, so too, pull it up. he has access to too much power. He does. Exponentially more power than Freddy Krueger could ever have. Interesting. I, you have so to what convince we, me that I'm wrong about that. So you're I saying the two, the two points are you've got to convince him that Freddy has more power or has access to more power and that he can somehow affect Neo through fear or what have you. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. That, that if Neo isn't afraid of him, he can still defeat him. All right. My mind is racing with possibilities here. I like where this is going. All right, Ray. I'm, 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 I'm putting my hands up. I'm like, you know, trying to bob and weave here. But uh, I know you're coming with a knockout shot. Go ahead and hit us with your point number three. Point number three for Freddy Krueger. We're going to talk about the Matrix versus Dreamworld getting out of into the real world because there are two schools of thought when it comes to the real world of the Matrix. One is that when he comes out into the real world, it's just a second program, sort of like Inception being a dream within a dream, and that one of the reasons he still has powers is because he never actually left the Matrix. But we did see in the Matrix movies that there was one point he gets put into a train station and a train station that seems to exist outside of the computer program, a place he can be taken to. And Neo had no powers whatsoever, nothing. He was a regular human being at that train station and he had to have other people come and get him back into the system again. The second school of thought is that the real world is just like that. The real world. When we saw him first get unplugged from the Matrix, right? He pulls the things, the tubes out of himself, and he is massively vulnerable. They dump him down a tube from his own pod. He ends up falling into a pit where he's about to be attacked by a giant spider monster and until he is saved by other people, outside interference. When he is not in the Matrix, and I've already established that Freddy can wake you up from a coma wake you up from a dream whenever he wants to and pull you back into the real world, it means one of two things. He could take you to that train station where you have no powers, or he could take you into the real world where, again, he's just a regular guy who's good with a video game. He doesn't have any real powers in the real world where Freddy is going to take him. Now you say, oh, you have to be afraid of Freddy in order to hurt him. Well, Jason Voorhees, when they got into the real world together, was not afraid of of Freddy anymore, and Freddy beat the living crap out of him and decimated him. Let's talk about some of that. He used his claw to slice off some of Jason's fingers when he was trying to hit him with the machete, causing him to drop the machete. He grabbed the machete, Freddy did, and started just beating and slashing the heck out of him with it, punching him, kicking him, jumped 10 feet in the air and dropped an elbow drop right onto Jason and caused real damage to this unkillable real-life character. Not in a dream. When he was pulled out of a dream in one of the Nightmare on Elm Street regular movies, he took a sledgehammer to the chest because she'd set up all these home alone traps. He took a sledgehammer to the chest in the real world and shrugged it off. He was set on fire in her basement, thrown flammable liquid and set on fire, and she tried to close him down there. He got upstairs and and, and killed her mom. 
He just did that, killed another person, despite the fact that he had been on fire a little bit ago. In the real world, Freddy is no joke, but Neo is. And Freddy has everything he needs to pull him into the real world. Heck, he got his arm torn off by Jason, ripped off the claw arm. Jason then punched him straight through the midsection. And Freddy kept fighting. If you hurt Neo, Neo was done when he got pulled out of the Matrix. Neo was absolutely flattened, okay? Freddy is not. Freddy is still a very, very strong slasher horror character when in the real world. In fact, he still came back when Jason impaled him with his own arm and decapitated him. Well, he didn't decapitate him. The other people outside interference decapitated him because Jason fell back into the water again. Freddy would have still beaten Jason if that had been a who would win battle without outside interference. But what happens at the end of the movie? Jason is carrying Freddy's uh, head and Freddy winks at the camera because he's not really dead. And so this is the crux of where I'm coming from. Freddy is a child murderer. The reason why he didn't pick bigger targets as a live human being is because he didn't want to get caught. He's savvy. He knew exactly how to get away with it. And he wasn't trying to hit something head on that could do damage to him. So the second, the very second that Neo starts showing all of these matrix abilities and starts jumping around, spinning bullets, reality warping as Freddy is trying to do the same thing to him. Freddy's going to be like, I don't like this anymore. And he's going to grab Neo or use his powers. And he's going to pull Neo into the real world, which is one of two places. And both of those places, Neo is screwed. Neo can't do anything to this supernatural monster. And that's how Freddy defeats Neo. And that's my point number three. Interesting. Okay, so, you know, the train station was an interesting piece. It was, was actually kind of like some, you know, limbo in terms of software, right? You have the Matrix, you have the world, and then you have the train station, which was like your limbo. And, you know, in the third movie, we saw how Neo could now overcome any of those limitations where he would be powerless in limbo. So that's no longer a real thing that he's got to worry about. When you talk about him being dumped from the pod and being unplugged, that was in the very first film where Neo takes the red pill and all of a sudden sees and realizes, wait, I'm actually really this human being who's attached to this. I'm a battery attached to this machine that's feeding like these other machines. And that's when he's like, what is happening? And they rescue him. And then he starts to become the real Neo, the one, you know, the chosen one for the franchise, you know, in the Jason versus Freddy Krueger movie, which by the way, for whatever reason, I love that movie. I can't, get, I can't get enough of it. It's so much fun to watch. At the beginning of the movie, Freddy Krueger is powered up. He gets a one-time thing that's never happened in any other films of the series where he consumes quite a few child souls, I believe. And that gives him that power-up to be able to take on the physicality of Jason to kind of you know go toe-to-toe. By the way, he's still got damaged quite a bit. He's still got beat up. He's still got his head cut off. So even that was enough to take on Jason. Let's see. So this is all good stuff, but you know, I've got to kind of... Uh, juxtapose this with some really interesting parts about Freddy that I've discovered. And uh, my point number three is really just about Freddy Krueger's weaknesses. So as powerful as Freddy is, and he is kind of really powerful, there's some glaring weaknesses that you can see. The first one, Ray, we already talked about his main power resides in the dream world. He may have some slight abilities in the real, real world, but they are, and this is a fact, they're a fraction, a fraction of a fraction of his peak powers. In the real world, he's susceptible to injury. We've seen him get injured. He can easily be cut. 
You know, people have cut him with all types of stabbed him, all that kind of stuff. And he's extremely mortal. He's been killed and dispatched quite a few times in the real world. Now, as we saw in Matrix Revolutions, uh, the last film, Neo does have some powers in the real world. He can still see the Matrix. He can detect energy signatures of different types. So he can tell when someone's real or someone's you know, being happy or what have you. And he even has some type of telekinesis and possible energy projection powers as we saw him using when he was in the real world uh taking out a large group of these like squid like killer machines that are coming at him at full speed and he just raised his hand shot it out and took them all out so the second weakness is that freddy's actually not that good of a fighter he's at best a really decent brawler that's it you know he's been freddy's been taken out by non-fighters with very low combat experience in freddy's dead the final nightmare for example Freddy's daughter fought and killed him in the real world by impaling him against a wall with sharp objects and then literally shoving a stick of dynamite, like literally just stabbing it into his chest, which blew him to pieces and destroyed him. Neo, on the other hand, he's quite possibly, this is going to sound weird, he's quite possibly the greatest fighter to have ever walked the earth in his world. He's literally, the Matrix has allowed him to download uh, who knows how many fighting styles, weapon styles, combat simulations, fighting methodologies, wherever you want to call it, they get downloaded to his mind immediately and he has access to all of them and he's already downloaded all of them. And he retains these fighting skills even outside of the Matrix. We saw this when he's fighting this very powerful being. He was possessed by this Agent Smith who was a real person. He's blinded and yet somehow he can still dodge everything and then ties up the you know the bat this guy's using trying to hit Neo and breaks both his arms with the defense and then hits him once and kills him. Very high level fighter uh, you know, even outside of it. But here's the big one. He has no power. We've talked this before. He has no power over those people who aren't afraid of him. Look, in every movie that Freddy appears, where he's dispatched in all of them, by the way, he's defeated by someone who has no fear of him. Do you think Neo, after witnessing the horrors of people dying in the Matrix, I don't know, realizing he was living in a simulation and that humanity has been at war for like possibly centuries with machines, having his eyes burnt shut and be blind and still take on out an Agent Smith as human, and then flying headfirst in the machine's area of operations straight on to take them all out and try to figure out how to stop the war between man and machine once and for all. You think this guy's going to be afraid of Freddy? Absolutely not. And the real reason why Neo won't be afraid is because unlike Freddy, Neo has something he's fighting for. He's got his love interest, Trinity, which we've already established. The power of love can defeat uh, Freddy. He's got his mentor, Morpheus. And you know, he's got the rest of humanity depending on him. What's Freddy fighting for? Enjoyment? Maybe, I don't know, revenge? So what's Freddy going to do when someone who's not only isn't afraid of him is kind of in God mode in the Matrix and still has some crazy powers outside of it? And is again, literally the chosen one of his films uh, takes on Freddy, who's been dispatched by teenagers with little to no fighting ability. Look, put all of that together. Freddy's really impressive, and he's a great horror icon when he's going up against the right type of opponents. But put him up against, again, the chosen one of a movie franchise with superpowers in and outside of the Matrix. He's going down in a big way. That's my point number three. Got, okay, David, I got to talk to you right now because... James does something in his point number three. It's called the intoxicating mind fog. No idea what he tries about. to lull you, lull you in with a bunch of nonsense and make things that seem pretty. And then the second the show ends and you see in his favor, you go, but wait a minute. That just caused me to forget everything Ray said for the entire episode. We saw it happen the previous episode. We saw it happen the episode before. We cannot allow it to happen for go. a third episode in a row. So let me talk to you about this. You All say right. Freddie has weaknesses. I mean, fantastic. Slight abilities in the real world. I just established how he got punched all the way through, but was able to keep fighting. That's not what normal people could do. Slight abilities, near perfect durability in the real world. And the reason why Neo could stop all those robots 
in the quote-unquote real world, which probably wasn't, by the way, was because they were robots. He didn't use telekinesis. He stopped them because he had power over machinery because of his Matrix abilities. That's fine. And of course, yeah, the end of Freddy's Dead, the final nightmare ended weird with his own daughter uh, uh, blowing him up with TNT. I don't know where you think Neo's getting TNT in the real world when Freddy takes him there. And also, Freddy walked around in Freddy vs. Jason, murdering all kinds of people when he was in the real world who had no reason to fear him or even be aware of him. He was murdering people right, left, and center. Why? Because in the real world, that limitation is gone, okay? His, and, and you talk about end form Neo. Oh, yeah, well, Neo in the last film does this, this, and this. But then you poo-poo the idea of using Freddy from Freddy vs. Jason? Why are you allowed to use a final form version of the character, but suddenly when I do it, it's suddenly weird to you? That is Dirty Pool. Speaking of Dirty Pool, Neo's not afraid of fighting that final battle in the Matrix. Why? Because he's in complete control the whole time. If you're in a video game and you have complete mastery of the code of that video game, nothing's going to surprise you. You are, you are, you are the, the sysop of this BBS. All right. If you're in total control, nothing can be afraid of you. And that's why at the end of the day, Freddy's going to pull Neo into the real world because he sees he's very powerful in his dreamlike state and can stand up to him. But Freddy don't play like that. Freddy takes him into the real world where he has no powers and Freddy annihilates him very unfortunately because Freddy would do that. And that's what I have to say. All right. Wow. All right, David, you've heard three points from me. You've heard three points and a very long dissertation from Ray. It is now time for you to come up with an answer. Take us through your process. Take us on a journey, if you wouldn't mind. And tell us, in your opinion, (laughs) who do you think wins in this battle between Freddy Krueger and Neo? The process is problematic here because you can't debate without knowing, without agreeing on the facts. I have not seen The Matrix, and I've barely seen the Freddy Krueger stuff. So the only information that I have about plot details and, and canon and, and motivations and, and strengths and weaknesses of these characters are coming from the two of you. And if you contradict each other on something factual, I'm going to have to just decide who's telling the truth. Is Freddy vulnerable to people who aren't afraid of him? That has not been settled because one of you is saying he is and one of you is saying he isn't. So I have to just decide if that's true or not. Aside from the fundamental question of are you vulnerable to Freddy if you aren't afraid of him, the other question is would Freddy be vulnerable to the Matrix if Neo is outside of the Matrix? Would he be vulnerable to be sucked into the Matrix, thought of as a virus, and spat out? I mean, he is a magical creature, and I would argue the Matrix is more scientific-based. So being that he is of supernatural elements, I would have to believe that he could kind of work around the Matrix whatever he'd like to. I mean, don't th- I don't think of the Matrix as being like the entire world and physics and everything that we live in. It, at the end of the day, it's a computer program. And you could be taken away from your screen in World of Warcraft and join the real world just the same way as on a more deep physiological level, Freddy could take, could just straight up take Neo outside of the Matrix where he is vulnerable. Has the Matrix become an entity unto itself beyond a simple computer? Are you saying? Are you asking if the Matrix is self-aware? Yes. Yes, very much so. Okay. This last question: Is there any history in the franchise of something that wasn't logical or in order, so to speak, being destroyed by the Matrix because simply the fact that it it was not making sense or or not logical? 
Well, I mean, Neo would answer that question. Neo was not being logical, and they tried to destroy him, and they failed. I mean, otherwise there wouldn't be three movies plus, you know. But also in the world of the Matrix, supernatural and magical elements do not exist, so it is a theoretical question at best. That's another disruption of, of their control over humans if Neo is threatened in any way. If Kruger ever got into the Matrix, would he ever get out? Because if he's in the Matrix 75% of the time, the majority of the time, Freddy could not defeat him. It may be possible that he could kill Neo, but not probable. Therefore, Freddy would not be able to kill Neo, and Freddy loses and Neo wins. That's my final answer. Unbelievable. Okay, this was... I mean, I'll say unbelievable. Yeah, I don't believe it myself. It's true. Okay, so this was crazy. I didn't know about this battle. Sometimes I go into a battle, and I'm like, I'm fairly convinced. Now, our last episode, I was not. I was very worried. This one, I'm like, uh, you know, this could go either way with a supernatural being versus a tech-based being. But I got to tell you, I do like the logic that David brings to the table, especially in the last few films. Neil, we both agree, spends more time in the Matrix, which is most likely where the fight's going to take place, which kind of gives him access to everything he needs to hopefully pull out the victory. David, I got to tell you, your logic is amazing. Your storytelling is great. Your process was really good. I, uh, I'm i down for this win. I'm taking this win wholeheartedly. This is great. Ray, tell us what's going through your mind right now. Well, I disagree with everything that you just said and our esteemed judge, who I am a big fan of, <laughs> so I'm going to be mildly nice, I guess. People uh, in the boardrooms have told me I'm too mean to judges when they don't make sense. And this is one of those occasions. Look, we're not fighting in the Matrix. We're fighting in a neutral location. It says right there in the rules of a who-would-win show. And what do you expect out of a neutral location? You expect that both people can do the things that they would be known to do. So the idea of Freddy not being able to pull Neo into the real world where he's an absolute garbage puke of a man <laughs> who can't do anything, and then Freddy has the durability, the strength, the power, the bladed glove, and just chew him up and spit him out in the real world, everybody listening at home. You people at home, the good people, go. the Rainiacs, the hashtag awkward allies out there, You've seen what happened in AMC Shudder Presents Shocktober. You've been outraged by Solomon Grundy versus Eleven. You've been disgusted by the Predator versus Michael Myers, where the judge literally laid out my victory conditions and then suddenly said, and that's why Predator wins? And now you've seen it here. My ironclad, perfect argument has been dropped like a, like a Jason Voorhees in Camp Crystal Lake with a chain around his ankle. You've seen my argument get sunk like my battleship against my younger sister when I was nine years old. I can only say how disappointed I am. James, hats off to you. We shouldn't have called it Shocktober on the Who Would Win show. We should have called it the Intoxicating Mind Fogtober. That's what Shudder should have been presenting all month. But here we are. I'm going to have to take all of my great victories and find a way now. Because I believe you are, in fact, pulling near, if not ahead of me, in the total count with only a scarce two months to go. And I cannot abide by a James Gavsey victory in season three. Look, listen, Race to Canis, if that is, in fact, your real name. Hashtag James just knows one important fact. I've been chasing a very specific goal all season, and here I am yet again on the cusp of actually achieving it i'm talking about the four victories in a row i have never gotten that against you and here we are yet again i've won three in a row and i'm on the cusp of getting that fourth victory stay tuned legion of audience 
Stay with me on this one. I'm getting that fourth win in a row. All right. Today's matchup was crazy. It was insane. What a great way to end Shocktober. Brought to you by AMC Shutter, by the way. David, fantastic job as a judge. You are awesome. You've got that really deep, crazy voice. I do believe you're seven nine nine seven, possibly even eleven five. But you know, that's just me. <laughs> David, please tell everyone where they can find you online. You can find me in social media on at Boloboss. My last name backwards is pretty much how you can find me everywhere. Fantastic. All right, and stay tuned. I think uh, David's going to have some massive announcements soon uh, for some crazy big projects coming out. Oh, yeah. No, it's true. In probably about two weeks. About two weeks. All right, fantastic. Awesome. All right, race to Canis. Today's matchup was personal. You've been pulling ahead. You've been doing such a great job with your matchups and your debating. And, you know, it's I, I got to tell you, it was getting to me. But today I feel a little bit vindicated. Last week was an interesting episode. By the way, no one's more surprised that uh, Eleven got the win than me. Go ahead and tell everyone not only how you're feeling, but where they can find you. Well, I've already told you how I'm feeling. I've gone at great lengths to express that. It's so much fun to hear it. you and the people at home. I'll just leave it at hashtag Ray was robbed once again, but it's fine. I'm going to blow out eight, nine straight victories on this thing, and I'm going to ride the Ray train all the way to the station where Neo would find himself with no powers. You can find me on Twitter at Almighty Ray. Kids at home, folks, and kids, you shouldn't be listening to this episode. It was very violent. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and put it out there. But kids at home, kids at heart at home, you saw what happened. Hashtag Ray was robbed. Hit me up on social media. Let me know that you've seen it. Leave a five-star review that just says simply hashtag Ray was robbed. Or feel free to leave us a five-star review that says hashtag James just knows. Because again, I just know sometimes when I'm going to get the win. Actually, I don't know. I wish I did. I wish I knew when I was going to get the win. Sometimes I'm so convinced and, uh, yeah, it doesn't happen. But with that being said, I love doing this. Okay. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, but type in at James Gabs. You remember to join the official Who Would Win Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcasts. On behalf of myself, Ray Sicanis, Zoit Media, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win team thank you once again for listening to another episode of who would win we'll see you next time hey it's brent pope the host of breakfast with brent pope you've seen me on some of your favorite tv shows saying things like give it up jimmy you gotta sink this putt to win on Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.